Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. We're starting a series called Deep Fakes. And during this series, um, I'm gonna open with a a, a different deep fake video every week. Uh, Next week, I'll go ahead and just let you know. I don't know if you've seen this one. They've put um, Donald Trump's face on toddlers. And they're interviewing them. And it's, you just, it's, it's really, really interesting. But what, if you were listening to the video where they said some of these deep fake videos are so realistic, they're so scary realistic, that they're saying it actually is, is problematic. Because they're, they, they, made, like they made one of Barack Obama where he says like a bunch of things like a president wouldn't say. And then it gets people thinking he actually said it. So they're saying like the implications of this are terrible. Like they're, you know, like people making videos of people they don't like and, and acting like they're saying something that they're really not saying. So deep fake videos are funny. Like, I, I, yeah, I put the gender changer on myself and saw what I'd look like as a woman. It was really disturbing, you know, on, on Snapchat. And, you know, I did the one without the beard and April's like, you can never shave your beard ever. You know, so some of these are funny, you know, they're, they're fun to play around with. But then some people use them for like deceptive means. And we're gonna talk over the next few weeks about deep fakes that Satan uses and that our culture plays that try to trick us into thinking that something is, that is wrong is right and what's right is wrong. So tonight we're going to be, t- you, we're going to start with, with one, but we're, over the next few weeks we're going to be talking about gender, because um, that's, that's an interesting one. We're going to be talking about social media. Um, we're going to talk about, uh, you talk about your parents. Uh, we're even going to be talking about that S word that I'm only allowed to say once a year. Um, so we're going to be talking about some of those, some of these things that, that you deal with on a regular basis. But tonight, the deep fake that we're going to talk about is one that maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't. Um, and, and before we get into that, why are we, why are we doing this? Like, why are we trying to expose, like, the lies and stuff that's going on in the world? It's because I ran across a statistic that was kind of, you know, made me a little nervous, and it said that only 4% of American teens hold to a biblical worldview, meaning, like, when an issue comes up, only 4% of teens in America will filter that issue through what the Bible says about it and what God says about it. So, we need the wisdom of God's Word on some of these issues that are very important, and the issue that we're going to talk uh, tonight about, this is kind of the deep fake is this, the lie that we believe is this, that if it says Christian, I can trust it. Have you realized what an incredible like subculture we've made of Christian things? Like we have a Christian everything. Have you noticed that? Like we have Christian basketball leagues. We have Christian music. We have Christian schools. Um, We have even like really bizarre Christian things. We like have a, have you seen there's a Christian version of Netflix? It's called Pure Flix. <laughs> there's, a, there's a Christian, there's even a Christian Netflix. Like we've made a Christian everything. It's not necessarily bad. What's bad is that when we trust that just because it says Christian, everything's okay. And we don't have to filter what comes out of that Christian thing through God's word. Maybe to bring it down to another level. You're scrolling through your social media feed, and there's a, you, your friend posts a picture of you, w- with her and this other girl that you've never noticed before, guys, and you're like, wow, who is she? And you, know, you click on the picture to see who it is, and you go to her bio, and it says, I don't know, whatever her name would be, and then underneath it says, Christian, and then it says, single, and you're like, game on right? Because, oh, she's Christian. She's got to be good. And then you find out later that she is like, like, like level 11 psycho or vice versa with a guy. I'm not just saying it's like, yeah, in his bio, it says Christian single. And what he should have put is creeper on it, 
right? So, so the lie is that if it says Christian, I can trust it. And you know, we apply it towards people that maybe you're attracted to on, on social media or something. We can apply it to all the like Christian industries that have popped up in the America. We should also apply it to the people that stand in front of us including me, and open up the Bible and says, say, this is what God says about something. It's Christian, I can trust it. So what I want you to think about tonight is this idea. It's a very simple idea, and it's this. You can't unsee truth. Have you ever seen something that you just can't unsee? You know, you go to, you know, you go to the, the, the water park and like this big Aunt Bertha's there in her moo-moo and she actually bends over right in front of you. Like, some things you cannot see, right? You can't unsee, like my eyes are burning out of my, you know, flesh. like some things you can't unsee and that's a bad thing. But once you see truth from God's word, once you see what God says about an issue that you're dealing with or that our culture's dealing with, you can't unsee the truth. So if you have your Bible, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And you know that anytime we're in Corinthians, we get into some interesting subjects because Corinthians was the, cra- the, the, the there's a church in that city of Corinth and it was the craziest church you could ever imagine. And before we read in First Corinthians chapter, or Second Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, I want to kind of set up the scene because this is an interesting thing that happened. There was a man named Paul. He was what's called an apostle, meaning he was a, a, a preacher and teacher of Jesus after Jesus went back to heaven. And he traveled around um, the, the Middle East, and then he traveled around like Asia and Europe, and he would go to sit a city where there were no Christians. There were no people who believed in Jesus. And he would tell them about Jesus, and he'd stay there for, you know, months or sometimes even years, and he would win people to Jesus. And as people were saying yes to Jesus, there became Christians in the city. And he would organize the Christians in these cities into a church. And he'd kind of get them set up and, and teach them how to operate as a church and make sure they knew what they were doing. And then he'd go on to the next city. And Corinth was one of those cities that Paul went to. But Corinth was interesting because it was a lot like America. Corinth was, you know, 2,000 years ago, America today. But Corinth had this fascination with sports and entertainment. Does that sound familiar? In, in America, you know, we have this fascination with sports and entertainment, and it has driven us crazy the past year that we can't play our sports and go to the movies, right? The city of Corinth had, and this was big 2,000 years ago, an 18,000-seat theater where people would compete in sports and they'd have plays and dramas. The only weird thing back then is they competed in sports in the nude. Glad that changed. Um, but um, but you, <laughs> April's like, well, you didn't have to say that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so, so they were fascinated with sports. They were fascinated with entertainment. They were also very, like, diverse. There were Jewish people there. There were Greek people there, Roman people there. Um, there were people from, like, everywhere in the world kind of came, and it was like a melting pot, kind of like the United States. It was also full of a lot of different religions. There was Judaism. There was this like Eastern kind of weird like home Buddha type religion. There was, there, there was the, the Greco-Roman religions where they like worshipped all these little fake gods and stuff. So there was all kinds of different religions going on. And when Paul told people about Jesus and started this church... All these people left their old religions. They left their fascination with, 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 with sports and with entertainment. They left their pursuit of trying to make as much money and get as much status as they could. And they started serving God, which was great. So Paul says, looks like mission accomplished. I'm going to go to the next city, tell the next people about Jesus. But this problem was there were these people that were following the apostle Paul. And as soon as he would leave a city, they'd come in and they'd start teaching false 
doctrine, bad gospel. They'd undo everything that Paul did. And where Paul was, you know, Paul was teaching the true gospel, which is that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. There's only one way to heaven, only one way to be saved. You can't save yourself. You got to believe in Jesus. These people were coming and say, well, since Jesus was Jewish, you know, you need to follow this kind of Jewish law and this kind of, you need to eat this certain kind of food. You need to do this weird thing to your body, guys, that we're not going to talk about tonight. You have to, you know, you have this, that, you know, all that stuff. And they would undermine what Paul was doing. And what happened was, um, you, you realize that when you fall for deep fakes, you get into deep doo-doo. That's the Christian way to say it. You fall for deep fakes, you get into deep doo-doo, and it made this church go nuts. They were sleeping around, they were fighting, um, they were embarrassing themselves in public at their church services, at the Lord's Supper, they were getting drunk. It totally messed them up because the Deep fakes put them in deep doo-doo. Bad doctrine leads to bad living, not God-honoring living. So Paul finds out what's happening. He writes them a letter saying, guys, you left the gospel. You're not pleasing God because you left the gospel. And that letter is called 1 Corinthians. And he addresses everything going on there. And he thinks maybe that'll set them straight. And then he gets word, no, Paul, the church is even crazier than they were before you wrote the letter. So Paul says, well, I'm going to have to get in my chariot, and I'm going to have to go visit Corinth and, and, and see what's going on. Paul arrives at the church. They won't let him in. They won't, they won't let him even talk to them. They're like, we got our own pastors now. We got our own leaders, and they tell us what we want to hear. See you, Paul. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. So he goes back to Troas where he was ministering, and he writes them what is known as the letter full of tears, his letter with tears. And he begs and pleads them to go back to the real gospel, the gospel that Jesus is the only way to heaven. And most of the people in that church in Corinth, they repent of their sins. They go back to the real gospel. They, 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 they ditch the deep fake. They go back to the real gospel. But the problem is, even though they, they, they've gone back to where they should be, they're still letting these false teachers, these, these, these people who were peddling this lie, come and preach for them every once in a while. So when we read 2 Corinthians, God inspired the apostle Paul to write to this group of Christians to tell them, Listen, you gotta kick these guys out. You gotta stop letting these people lie to you because they're faking you out. So that kind of all lays out and sets up 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And we're gonna read verse one. And we're gonna just kind of read about 14 verses here. It says, I wish you would bear with me in a little foolishness. Do bear with me for I fear a divine jealousy for you since I betrothed you to one husband to present you a pure virgin to Christ. But I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. And here's where we learn what they were preaching and why it was wrong. For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one we proclaim, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it readily enough. Indeed, I consider I'm not the least inferior to these super apostles. Even though I'm unskilled in speaking, I'm not so in knowledge. In every way, we've made this plain to you in all things. Or did I commit a sin in humbling myself so that you might be exalted because I preached the gospel to you free of charge? I robbed other churches by accepting support from them in order to serve you. And then when I was with you in need, I didn't burn in anyone for my brother, the brothers who came from Macedonia. They supplied my need. So I refrained and will refrain from burdening you in any way. As the truth of Christ is in me, there's truth, we saw false, there's truth. This boasting of mine will not be silenced through the re regions of Achaia. And why? 
because I do not love you, God knows I do. And what I'm doing, I'll continue to do in order to undermine the claims of those who would like to claim in their boasted mission that they work on the same terms I do. And here's where we get into the deep fake. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostle of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan himself disguises himself as an angel of light. So it's no surprise that his servants also disguise themselves as serpents or servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their deeds. So now that we've read God's word, let me pray for you. And there's just three things I want to show you about these false teachers and about this deep fake. So let's pray. Uh, Father, I pray that as we read your word and now we're going we're, we're gonna to think about it and kind of just, just let it soak and marinate into our minds and into our hearts. Um, God, I pray that you'll just open us up uh, to receive this word from you and, and that you'll speak to our hearts. Um, God, that you will make us wise by reading your word, uh, that we'll be able to spot the deep fakes, we'll be able to spot the lies, and that we will be able to walk in truth and embrace the real gospel, your gospel, in Jesus' name, amen. So you know me, I always like, yeah, three, uh, it's always best when I could, yeah, I like to try to do three points. We got three points tonight. And the first one is this, pretenders exist. Pretenders exist. Uh, in your tag, I think you, one of the questions was uh, you, about hypocrisy. And one of the big complaints people always make about Christians, and sometimes you have people, I've heard people say, yeah, I invite them to our church. You know, I'm out somewhere. I say, hey, you know, you can come join us Sunday, whatever. And they say, well, I, I'd like, uh, yeah, I, I'd go to church, but church is full of, hypocrites is what they say. And I usually don't disagree with them um, because oftentimes we as Christians can be hypocrites. But what we see here are hypocrites on steroids. These pretenders, these people that changed the gospel and led an entire like church of people astray, where did they come from? Well, you can see in verse three where they came from. It says, I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray. So you, when Paul's talking to them, he takes them all the way back to the Garden of Eden. You know, Satan takes form of a serpent, entices Adam and Eve to sin against God. And how does he do it? He does it by like distorting, twisting God's word. He said, did God really say? And he says, oh, well, God didn't mean it like that. And he says, these same people, these people who are like doing these deep fakes that say they're Christians but are leading you astray, they do it like Satan did. They're, they're tricky. They're deceiving. And then if you skip down to verse 13, he says, these men are false apostles and deceitful workmen. That word for false apostles, um, the word is pseudo-apostles. That word pseudo, maybe you've heard of like um, someone writing under a pseudonym. It's an author that writes under a name that is not really theirs, like Mark Twain, like was not his real name. I think his name was like Sam, Samuel Clemens, Right? Anybody can confirm? AGB can confirm. So just like a pseudonym, these are pseudo-apostles, meaning they act like they're apostles, but they're really not. They're fake apostles. There's like a light going in and out that's really like disturbing to me. Like it's just going. Um, they're fake apostles. And then it says, three times it uses this word disguising themselves. They're taking on a different form. And first, it says they're disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. So it's talking about these guys that were you know, preaching this you know, false gospel, this bad gospel. You know, they're pretending to be teachers of Jesus, but they're really not teachers of Jesus. But then it shows the source. It says, no wonder even Satan himself disguises himself as an angel of light. When we see Satan in TVs, we see like the guy that goes, <laughs> pitchfork, you know, horns. Maybe he makes shoes, apparently these days. You know, we don't know. But um, 
If you don't, if you don't know, <laughs> good, you don't know. But, you know, if, if you're looking for what Satan's doing in the world, you know, don't look at Lil Nas. Um, look, look at what he's doing at the message that's going out to Christians and trying to get Christians to compromise the gospel. Because Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So maybe if we want to know what Satan's doing in the world, instead of looking at this maybe like, like someone who's like obviously living a life of sin, maybe we need to start being more concerned about the person in their bio that says Christian dot single dot. Why do I say that? Because in verse 15 it says, it's no surprise that his servants, meaning Satan's servants, disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. You say, Matt, do you mean that like, like every, every single Christian guy that's like, like mildly hypocritical is, 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 is like a Satanist? Well, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that, but if you look, it says servants of Satan, meaning that here's what Satan loves to do. He loves to lead people astray to lead a whole bunch of other people astray. So Satan wants to get a hold of Christians or people who call themselves Christians, get them to lead a life that's not pleasing to God and to teach doctrine that's not pleasing to God. So not only will he lead this person who says they're a Christian astray, but that this person will lead this whole other group of people they have influence on astray too. Does that... Does that make sense? So what we're learning here is that just because it's called Christian doesn't mean we should necessarily trust it. But we can see the result of following these people. And I don't have time to take you through like verse by verse through Corinth. So I will give you references and you can go back and look these up. Here's what happened when they, when they left the gospel. Here's what started happening in their church. The first is that there were people who really were unsaved in their church and their minds were, were, were blinded. That's in, in, this, in, this chap, in this book of 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. There were people who were spiritually immature. 1 Corinthians 1, 3, 1 through 4. There were people who had strained relationships. They were fighting. When there's infighting among Christians, when there's Christians hating on other Christians, it's because we've lost sight of the gospel and we've been led astray by the gospel. Um, there was sexual immorality in this church. In 1 Corinthians 5, 1, it talks about how there was, a, there was a, a stepson who was sleeping with his stepmother and the church was celebrating it. it. There were lawsuits among believers. They were suing each other. 1 Corinthians 6, 1, there was class warfare between the poor people and the rich people and the middle class people. First uh, Corinthians 11, 20 through 21, there was what I call spiritual gift virtue signaling going on in first Corinthians chapter 12. And then there were even people who lost their belief in Jesus's resurrection. And you can read about that in first Corinthians 15. So do you see how the, the bag doctrine, when, when these, the, these people came in and were leading people away from Jesus, away from just trusting in Jesus, the domino effect spilled out into areas of their life like their relationships and their sexuality and, their, and, and the way they got along with others and, 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 and even their belief in Jesus. So pretenders exist. So now you may ask, well, Matt, why are the, why, what's the big deal? I'll tell you this, the stakes are high. The stakes are high. You may think, well, it's good that, that it was like that 2,000 years ago. Glad we don't have to deal with people coming into our churches, people that say they're Christians and like, 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 trying to get us to believe false teaching today. If you look at verse four, it talks about the three things that they, were, that they were changing about the gospel, and people are still changing these three things about the gospel today. First, it says in verse four, if someone proclaims another Jesus, they were telling the lie that, well, Jesus wasn't really God. Jesus didn't really die on the cross, and Jesus' call isn't really to suffer. 
You don't think people aren't saying that today? I wanna show you a video that's become incredibly popular, at least among people I know on TikTok. Someone who is, claims to be a Christian, even uses the hashtag <laughs> Christian, and is lying about Jesus. Did you know that there's a part of the Gospel of Mark where Jesus uses a racial slur? In Mark chapter 7, there's the account of the Seraphonician woman, a woman who is Syrian and Greek, both of which there were strong biases against within the Jewish community. And she comes to ask Jesus to heal her daughter who's possessed by a demon. And what is Jesus' response? He says, it's not good for me to give the children's food, meaning the children of Israel's food, to dogs. He calls her a dog. What's amazing about this account is that the woman doesn't back down. She speaks truth to power. She confronts Jesus and says, well, you can think that about me, but even dogs deserve the crumbs from the table. Her boldness and bravery to speak truth to power actually changes Jesus' mind. Jesus repents of his racism and extends healing to this woman's daughter. I love this story because it's a reminder that Jesus is human. He had prejudices and bias, and when confronted with it, he was willing to do his work. And this woman was willing to stand up and speak truth. So I don't know if your alarm bells went off when you watched that video, but you would think that someone like this, people would just say that's ridiculous and pass off. He's getting tons and tons of love on TikTok for saying this. And we obviously don't have time to get into kind of picking apart what he says and why he's totally misinterpreting what's going on here. Jesus was actually showing this woman more respect than anybody had ever shown her before and he didn't call her a dog and he wasn't being racist and he didn't repent of a racism and she wasn't speaking truth to power. She was coming humbly to him. But isn't it interesting that this problem that was 2,000 years ago by people who said they were Christian is still going on today by people who say they're Christians. So it says you preach another Jesus. This guy here was preaching a Jesus who was totally human, not God, a Jesus who sinned, and a Jesus who had prejudices. We know from the Bible that's not true. Then it says, did you receive it by a different spirit? These people received this fake gospel in the spirit that they wanted to make it all about themselves, and they wanted the status when the gospel that Jesus gives us is take up your cross. It's a gospel that's all about Jesus and points to Jesus. And then it says, or if you accept a different gospel than the one you accepted. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul boils the gospel down to like a sentence. It's that Jesus died for our sins, he rose again, and he was seen by eyewitnesses. Just a couple days ago on Easter Sunday, a very prominent and popular pastor, he's so prominent, he actually got elected to Senate in the state of Georgia. He's a United States senator, tweeted this on Easter, and and I'll read it to you, and it'll be on the screen. It says, the meaning of Easter is more transcendent than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Whether you're Christian or not, through a commitment to helping others, we're able to save ourselves. This isn't just some like random, you know, pastor crack in the box Baptist church it has like two people this is someone who has millions and millions of followers his tweet got or it got 11,890 likes before he deleted it and do you see the problem here he's giving a gospel that we are able to save ourselves so when we're talking about a different gospel that's not just something they dealt with 2000 years ago prominent Christians are still peddling this lie today. And the point of this series and this lesson is not for me to pick apart every tweet and everything anyone uploads to TikTok. That's not our call and that's not our job. And this is what we're gonna get to 
Next, the stakes are high, but you can't unsee truth. How do we respond to this? I don't know if I'm supposed to quote this movie or not or if it'd be good to quote it or not, um, but there's a movie called Catch Me If You Can. Leonardo DiCaprio's on, uh, DiCaprio um, plays on it. Uh, sorry, I need to behave. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio plays on it, and he plays, uh, this is, it's based on a true story of a man named Frank Abagnale, who in the 60s was writing all kinds of like fake checks and was a master at forging fake documents. He forged enough documents to where he never went to medical school, and he was a surgeon operating on people. And the FBI finally caught up to him and caught him and asked him, they used him to start spotting forgeries and to start spotting fakes. And here's what he said. He said, you don't learn to spot counterfeit checks by studying the counterfeits. Instead, you study the genuine checks until you've mastered the look of the real thing. Our goal is not to be the theology police and to go around saying, you know, go to, go to your friend the next day at school and say, you uploaded this uh, uh, verse, you know, and I'm a little concerned about your exegetical and hermeneutical approach to this verse. And, how, you know, that's not our point. Our point is not to critique people's theology. It's not to be the police and it's not to pick apart. I gave a couple examples, but we're not going to major on those examples. The goal is to know the gospel of Jesus, to know the truth of Jesus inside and out. Jesus said it like this in John chapter 8. He said, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The point of our kickoff to the series tonight is not to get you freaking out. It's not to get you paranoid. I think Matt taught heresy tonight. You know, I, I, I think Matt, yeah, well, I mean, I, I hope you filter everything I say through the Bible, but the point is not to get us paranoid. The point is not to make us critical. The point is this. The point is for us to more than ever get our faces in this book, to know what Jesus said, to know what the gospel is, because the deep fakes are still out there. The deep fakes are still around, and they don't just affect what we know and believe about Jesus, because when we change what we know and believe about God, it changes what we know and believe about all the things that we deal with on a day-to-day basis, just like it played out in that Corinthian church. You can't unsee truth, but what happens if you never open up the Bible and you never see it in the first place. So write these three things down before we get out. We're gonna talk about deep fake survival guides. And they're all C words. Hopefully next week, we're talking about genders and stuff. I can bring out the F words. Um, I always like my F words. But tonight it's C words. They got three C words. And the first is put your faith in Christ, not Christians. Maybe you've had experiences like I've had experiences where you, the experiences that you've had with Christians have been pathetic and have been terrible. And it left, you, maybe it wasn't necessarily even that they were teaching like bad, like, like teaching from the Bible, but it was just that their way of life was so repulsive and they were so hypocritical that you said, I don't want to have anything to do with, 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 with Christianity, don't want to have anything to do with church, don't want to have anything to do with Jesus ever again. Well, good news for you. To be saved, you don't have to put your faith in Christians. It's about putting your faith in Jesus. Jesus said it like this, whoever believes in me, will have eternal life. So put your faith in Christ, not Christians. The next one, commit to learn more about Jesus every day. Something that we haven't been able to emphasize as much this year that I wanna start emphasizing is to spend every day with Jesus. Whether that's 
five minutes first thing in the morning, whether that's 10 minutes before you go to bed at night, whether it's like an extended Bible study and you're working through a book of the Bible, the more you open this book, the more you will be able to stop the deep fakes. I'm just gonna ask you, when's the last time you opened this book and you were not at church? And for those of you that go to Christian school, when's the last time you opened this book and you were not at church and you were not at school? Because I went to a Christian school and I know how that works. We've got to spend, if we want to spot the deep fakes, we've got to know the truth because you can't see unsee truth. And the final is to cultivate and curate a posse of truth tellers. Curate kind of worked with the C thing, so we went with curate. But curate just means to collect. Um, curate, collect a posse of truth tellers. Ain't nothing wrong with watching videos on TikTok. April and I, like the last thing we do before we go to sleep is we watch ridiculous videos on TikTok and we laugh our brains out. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but who's speaking truth into your life? Just because the person is a pastor doesn't mean they're speaking truth. Just because it's Christian radio doesn't mean the song is necessarily in line with the gospel. Curate a posse of truth tellers. And I submit to you that you, know, you, need, you, need, a, you need to be involved in a church that has, has, has a pastor or pastors that are preaching the truth. You need to be involved with a group of Christian friends who are, who are demonstrating and who know the truth. And, and, and you need to be putting things in your mind that remind you of the truth of God's word. So curate a posse of truth tellers. Don't be intimidated because of what we've seen tonight. Next week, we're gonna be getting, we're gonna go from like way up here, theoretical, down to like the nitty gritty. We're gonna talk about what God says about genders and how many there are. So it's gonna be interesting. So make sure to come back next week as we continue with this series. Um, but for now, I wanna pray for us and then we're gonna be dismissed um, to uh, register for D-Now and, and to go home. But we need to put somebody in the middle tonight. Um, so, so we need to put somebody in the middle tonight. And uh, yeah, I, I always put myself on the spot like, like, like way too early. Um, so uh, let's put Judah in the middle. He's sitting up front. So come right up here, Judah. We're going to pray for Judah, and we're going we're gonna to get out of here. So um, everybody bow your head and close your eyes. Um, hopefully we'll bring back our prayer mosh pit here in, in, in a month or two. Um, but for now, I'm just going to stand here and pray for Judah, and I want you to pray for him um, there quietly in your seats as I pray for him up front. Uh, God, thank you for Judah, and thank you for just like as he comes in the door, he's always got a video to show me, and, he always, and we always connect, and we always like just enjoy like being here and being together. And God, thank you for that like just um, that, that hospitable, welcoming uh, spirit you've given him. Um, he doesn't really seem to know a stranger. He just walk up and talk to people. And, and, and God, thank you for that. He makes people feel included and he makes people feel loved uh, just by being here. Uh, so God, I pray that you'll, you'll put your hand on his life. And I know your hand is on his life so that you'll keep your hand on his life. Um, I pray that you'll, you'll just give him this urge and this desire um, to connect with you deeper and deeper and deeper every day that he lives. Uh, God, I pray that you'll, um, you'll do great things through his life, not just in the future, but right now you'll give him opportunities to serve you and, and to love other people. I pray that as we leave, uh, that you'll keep us safe and that you will use us as agents of truth in a world with a lot of deep fakes. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.